put something you love is really no pressure because that's what mm-hmm. you want to do. I'll put a hundred on that. Like, oh. I just, in the lounge. In the Welcome to the Lounge 167. I am your host, Chris, and I got a special guest in the Mr. Shane, also known as Lyrical Talent. How you doing tonight, Maurice? Blessed, brother. Blessed. How y'all doing tonight? Doing pretty good, Doing pretty good, man. Um, for the people that don't know you, man, can you kind of let them know what it is that you do? Okay, definitely, definitely. And uh, I'm more so mass media business owner, 8 a.m. Exposure, 8 a.m. Exposure National LLC, 8 a.m. Exposure.com. And basically, I, I take talent nationally and place them on industry platforms such as radio, digital events, national events, venues, things like that. And just also A&R work, do a little bit of that, dealing with these major representatives and labels. And um, man, just guy first, man, serving a guy first. Oh yeah, most definitely, most definitely, man. Um, you know, with us growing up in Shelby, you know, small area that is really known for, dominantly known for sports. Where did your love for music come from? That's a great question, and I know, and it's gonna be. I, I love that you asked me that question. I'm glad it's you asking me the question, and your colleagues on Lounge 167. Shout out Mike. Shout out Johnny as well. But just you know, of course, like you said, Shelby is a sport-dominated city and community. Uh, of course, I love sports, football, basketball, but I, I had a, a situation. I know some of y'all may remember back in 11th grade, just got kicked off the team of football uh, for a situation out of control, out of my hands. And basically that gave me kind of like a, I don't know, I just like, man, had a little taste in my mouth towards football. And that really hindered me as well as far as in football. But I still, of course, as we know, in that year right there too, um, won the state championship. Y'all did, right. and we did um, undefeated, matter of fact. Right. So came back in the 12th grade, 2008, and still played. We went to the championship, of course. And, um, you know, I, I always loved the sport, but the music, I grew up. If if I know a lot of cats, and it's a funny story, too. Back in high school, cats used to say, like, Shank talking to himself. He, he, yeah. he talking to himself. I never said a word to myself. I rap lyrics. I always rap Tupac, Nas, Bone, lyrics all through my life. And... Well, I guess, of course, now it can't see it kind of paid off that, right. that I did right. recite those lyrics. So that's what it was. And I always love music, but I love sports, too. But music always was part of the, the nucleus and the foundation. Right, right. You know, uh, growing up, going to school, most kids so candy, but you push CDs, man. How did that mindset come about, bro? Man, honestly, it was just out of, out of necessity and just a, a hunger grind because uh, like you said, most the most kids sold the, uh, the candy and the things like that. And I dabbled in that, too. Uh, shout out, Johnny. <laughs> but, you know, dabbled in that. But, you know, um, I just wanted more, man. Like I seen a lot of the, the kids and the, the, our peers, they were like they come from these different homes. Some of them, they were very blessed, like two parent homes or successful parents or at least one. But in my case, it's just a lot of stuff, you know, people still grew up with me that they really don't know about me. But, um, you know, no father figure like that unfortunate situation. Uh, and so mother had to work, you know, uh, triple time, overtime. So I didn't really get the I had the necessities, 
but I didn't have anything other than that. But I wanted that because, of course, you know, growing up where we're from, it's about stunting. I mean, let's just be right. real. It's about the yeah. king, the Shelby, quote unquote. And I couldn't be left behind, man. So I had to I had to grind bigger CDs and people love music like I did. And I just sold them two dollars, two and three dollars. And I don't even know if I can speak on this now. <laughs> I can speak on it. That's 10 years ago. But, yeah. man, I just sold them, man. And, and it was like that was a way of getting what I what I, you know, my attire fresh, keeping my hair braided, man, keeping just things going. And I had to do that. So but one thing I say about that. I'm glad that that happened because back then, you know, I wasn't really, I had never read the Bible. I didn't know my Lord. I just didn't, man. I was out in the world, in the streets and just doing what I wanted to do. But then when I look back at it now, knowing what I know, it was like God was giving me what I needed for this industry. Because you got to have a mentality like that in what I do, that grind, that hunger to want more. And that that set me up for that. So that's where that CD selling came from, honestly. That's what's up, bro. That's what's up, man. Like I said, you definitely changed the game when you when you start pushing the CDs. Everybody knew the CD man was Shank, man. Everybody knew the CD man was Shank. Man. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it is. It is. Salute. Um, yeah. So after high school, you attended UNCG, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, University of Greensboro, right? Yes, sir. So what were you going to major in? That was business administration and minoring in law. Hmm. Mm. So you went to uh, you went to major in business. You said you had a minor in law. That's very interesting, bro. I never knew that. I never knew that. Um, so how did DJ how did DJ come about? Why you went went in college? That's a very interesting story, and it seemed like like I'm on VH1 right now. But shout out Lounge 167, man, all the way Little Rock, Arkansas, out here to North Carolina. But the way that that came about, man, it was like I met. It was a funny story. It was like uh, a, a studio owner in Greensboro, North Carolina. Of course, I didn't start, I, like I said, I, I used to just rap people's music. I never rapped my music. I never wrote a bar, never none of that. I was rapping the, the majors and the legends and cats would come up to me like, man, spit that Wayne verse or spit that Drove verse. If cats remember, I know Michael, they always use that, spit that young Drove, that T.I. verse, and I spit <laughs> their verse. But when I graduated, it was just like something pushed me in. Some people kept, man, you need to rap, you need to rap. Nah, man, I'm shy. But they, they said, do it. So when I did it, the, the point of, of me saying that was a elevated into wanting more into the music game. I never thought, you know, coming from Shelby, like we think of that is like a drink, like a, you know, a fantasy world. Right. Like we seen 50 Cent on the TV and, uh, you know, all these stars, like we'll never get to that. Closest we get to that is Charlotte. But I didn't go mm -hmm. to Charlotte a lot, man. So it, so the point is, when I got to Greensboro, I met an industry representative, Mr. Sean Bonner, man. Shout out, mentor. He was on tour with like Missy Elliott, Casey and Jojo, Timberland, uh, you know, people from Shelby, we like, whoa, like, dang, we would never even get to speak to them in person or see them. But I was around, he, he, you know, I afforded his services. I trusted him. I felt a good spirit. And long, long story short, man, he set me up. And on campus, he started showing me, he wasn't, he was in Charlotte, I was in Greensboro, but he told me basically the grind, the formula that it takes for these major artists to do. So I, I basically incorporated that at UNCG and I got on the radio station out there. I think it's WUAG or W. I'm sorry, I'm getting that station wrong, but the school station, I got connected with the DJ on there, DJ Mr. Carolina, and the rest was really history. I started doing things there and then expanding into the other schools, historically black college, NCANT over there, a lot of stuff. So yes, sir. Those stuff, those those stuff, and you know we big on uh historical black colleges here on the show, man. And um, how was that experience? You know, because the culture is totally different. You know, A and T and um UNCG. How was that experience? You know, making that transition, doing sets on um 
at A&T. How was that? See, and that's crazy too. Um, it like at UNCG, and actually, I was actually in the um AT homecoming parade, what they call wow. it, Jiho, greatest yeah. homecoming on earth. I was yeah. in that parade in, in like 2013, uh, right before I graduated in 14 from UNCG. But I was in it because a, a studio owner there, he was real prominent. He worked with all the major artists. He started with like uh young Dolph, even before people knew who Dolph was, he was coming out of Memphis, and people used to laugh, ah, Dolph, who is that? Then he made wow. that song that preached real with your dog, no matter what preached. That was when he made that right when he was coming to North Carolina on his promo grind, man. And they were like, young Dolph. I was like, who is this? I don't know. But the, the studio owner connected me and he basically wanted me to do promotions for his, his company, his business, um, Underground Rich and Chop House uh, Studios. And they were working with like street execs, 2 Chains, uh, DJ Issa is 2 Chains DJ. That's one of my guys. Um, he, he showed a lot of love. He's from North Carolina, but two chains DJ, but high point, I think. But anyway, uh, so basically I started promoting and getting into things like that at A&T. He put me with the, these freshmen that were from A&T that basically had a lot of grind. And they're my, my uh, clients and my mentees to this day. Um, young guy, they had a team called True Gang Entertainment. Basically, they were taking over on the A&T campus doing like parties or kickbacks and basically I kind of elevated them up from there from doing that to doing bigger venues and, and like um, school events and getting into like the school functions to promote them and to make money while they were freshmen. So it just blew their mind because you know how it is in college. When you're a freshman, man, you pretty much broke. I mean, honestly, right. if you don't get a job or if you don't do something, you know, and that's kind of how a lot of people kind of go wrong sometimes. But long story short, you know, I got into that at a and It was real just you know, turned up, man. It was a lot of, I went out there looking for talent and show, showcasing my ability, freestyling at A&T and they had the cameras out, man. And it was like epic. It drew so much of a big crowd back in 2013 and 14, 15. And it was amazing. So yeah, that A&T, uh, great school, man. I, I just, I couldn't go there because I knew me, man. I'd be too distracted yeah. being around all my brothers and sisters. So <laughs> I had to make a choice out of discipline, honestly, with that, to go in a place where I knew I wouldn't know anybody. And it was a culture shock to be real at UNCG, but I, I made it through. So, yes, sir. That's what's up, man. That's good. And what you got your, what you get your degree in? That was business, still business, business. and pre-law. Okay. Because okay. I let me say this, up real got to drop a jewel, man, for everybody, especially those who may be in college or high school or you know going back and forth in college I, I said this and like I don't know how I figured this out but you know I was trying to pick a major and I was wanting to go to be a, a business lawyer or real estate do things like that and then something hit me and was like man just take business because everything in the world is a business everything is a business exactly. so at least if I take this I can incorporate that degree into anything pretty much I, I can do and that's really what I did with the music I incorporated that business knowledge from class into real-time situations and that was where i'm at business and pre-law business that's what's up that's what's up. so how the transition from north carolina to arkansas come about man man that's, that's, that was that's crazy to the deep south man that's a big jump <laughs> and it's different out here this is a confederate state or or should i say should i say a republican state a republican right. state out here is not democratic so um that was different but surprisingly I, I experienced more, to be real, more race, racist situation, more racism in North Carolina, or at least where we're from, from Shelby versus Little Rock. I have not experienced any type of racism here, even though it's a, it's a, like Republican state and they people, they have such, such a, like a, what's the word, like a, a, a cliche, a stigma, whatever people say, oh, Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi, you better not go out there, you know, if you look like me. 
but I, I hadn't right. experienced anything, man. You just stay in your lane, handle your business. And um, actually the people are real, real friendly, but it's very different, very different culture shock. It's just different, man. They move different. It's just different than Shelby all the way around. But what made me come out here again, uh, my wife now, um, I was talking to her long distance all these years, even in high school, shout out Mike, Michael, man, he knows. And that's my boy, man. I always kept it solid. Everything, yeah. man. He, he that's, he, man, one of the, for real, like, man, one of the few I know, you know, from that Shelby era, it's a lot of them, but Mike was one I dealt with, man. And, but he knew, and, um, I, people, even cats, man, they wouldn't believe me. Ah, oh, you don't got a girl out there, man. You this and that, how I go. <laughs> but, but, you know, as we can see, you know, there's some finger right here. Yeah, yeah. So, so with that being said, you know, it wasn't even about that. My wife, man, I just had to make a decision bigger than me again. I love Shelby. I love what it's about. It made me who I am. It gave me that grind, that hunger, the knowledge, the wisdom, man, the, the, the uh, greediness, all of that, what I needed. But I just wanted more, man. I just always seen myself and I just didn't see the resources needed in Shelby, of course, that I would need to do what I do. Salute to the cats that do what they do. But I needed more, man. So I got out here and I started uh, like immediately connected with major companies like Apple and uh, Radio, BDS Radio, which is, you know, nationally registered radio and um, events and things like that. As soon as I got here in 2016. So the transition was crazy, but it was all worth it for sure. That's what's up, man. Tell me how um, 8 a.m. exposure came about, man. 8 a.m. exposure. Yes, sir. Again, for everybody tapping in, that is a mass media and development company. And basically what the, the whole aim is, again, the motto, man, unity, peace and prosperity. I'm just bringing things together, bringing young these young guys who are ranging age from like 17 on up to 30 on, on the plus older than 30. But um, basically bringing that together so they won't be in the streets or doing things maliciously able to have a platform for that talent to develop, to be cultivated, to grow. So 8 a.m. Exposure is basically a media company that showcases talent, connects with certain A&Rs, dealing with like Rock Nation, Atlantic Records, uh, Violators, few people that, that I deal with that have direct connections with them. And I basically develop and place talent to them as far as radio, as far as their material, things like that to them. And they take it from there. But I do events and things like that just for myself, because I love to see talent grow. Like, I, that's my passion, really, is to help some help other people, you see. So that's pretty much 8 a.m. exposure. Yeah, that's kind of funny that you said it, because this is kind of why I created this platform, is to give the youth the opportunity, to, you know, to grow. I mean, I, we might not be a big uh, show right now, you know what I'm saying? In nah, y'all got but, it, man. Y'all got but, it. I see y'all popping on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to give the kids an opportunity that may not get the opportunity to shine on ESPN, you know what I'm saying? Because it's the kids out here that are athletically gifted and there's businesses that are out, out there that people don't know about and that they need to know about, you know what I'm saying? So I want to provide a flat platform for those people to come and, you know, get that exposure that they need, man. So I, I see you Fresh. rocking. Salute, the salute. Oh yeah, appreciate it. So why? Yeah, 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 man. Tell me how that tell me how that came about, bro. And tell me so what it represents. Definitely love to speak on that. This is one of the the teams and the the artist groups and and teams and collectors that are up under 8 a.m. Exposure National LLC, 8 a.m. Exposure.com. S-O-N-Y, what it stands for, South to New York. So that's again, unity. Unity is what I'm big on, man. Bringing the South to New York. So I took my A and T brothers. 
my UNC brothers, my Charlotte, my South Carolina, Atlanta brothers, and connected them with my New York guys that are from Staten Island, Brooklyn, the Bronx, Manhattan, Harlem, et cetera, et cetera, Long Island, Yonkers. Shout out Kev Adventures up in Yonkers, but put real young people that have the, uh, the potential to be leaders and basically put them together collectively for a team of songwriters, producers, video editors, uh, models, man, just fashion designers, um, editors, everything you can imagine all in one collective. That's S-O-N-Y. So it's the premier marketing team, premier moving musical unit uh, in this region, man, southeast down south. And I take pride in that for sure, man. God first with that S-O-N-Y for sure. New oh, music yeah. on the way. Doing big things with that, I see, man. You're doing real big things with that, man. Keep doing your things Respect. with that. Respect. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you had the opportunity, I think you met 50 and Ghostface that I've seen. You probably met man, more, respect. but, you know, two legends that I've seen that you met. How, how was that, man? How was that? Man, an honor, a blessing. You know, again, God is good. Coming from Shelby, again, you never thought, you know, uh, nobody would meet people, at least, you know, at least, I mean, of course, cats probably, man, go to con. I never came up going to concerts in Charlotte, uh, never in my life, not one. So, right. like, for me to be doing this, it's like, I, I just want people to look at it like, man, you could do anything. Like, dang, that's Shank, you know, that that was him, man, the cat that was walking, walking from school because he didn't want to ride the bus because he <laughs> used to get into it with people, yeah. you know, so I start walking. Like, you see that same guy, man, he up there with 50 and he up there with uh, Mob Deep and Juicy J that I met, Currency, uh, Ghostface Killer just last year, right before the COVID at the infamous Quad Studios where that situation happened with Tupac. Mm -hmm. so, so tell me about, yeah, so tell me about Ghostface, man. Yeah, Ghostface Killer, again, Wu-Tang Clan. It was a funny story. I was recording for my own documentary with the team and what I do, S-O-N-Y. They had a studio session actually booked by LMG and they th those guys they deal with uh Rock Nation, Rail Carter, that's Jay-Z's nephew, Big Rail Carter, met him too. He's an AR with Rock Nation. So they booked us a studio session and we covered handle business for that. I walked in with the camera recording. It was snowing in Manhattan, New York, Quad Studios. And I walk in and it's Ghostface. I didn't know I'm I'm looking through the camera and I'm like, I bump into him. And I'm like, ghost? I look up like, oh, for Shelby, man, it's a ghost? Yeah. Like, yeah, baby, yeah, baby, what's going on? He dapped me up, like, oh, man, God bless you. He like, bless you, you know? Like, man, I'm, I'm just trying to get upstairs, you know? Uh, what, what he say? He was like, man, I'm, I've been down here so long, you know, man, nobody, like, how do I get up the step? How do I get up the elevator? Now, at Quad Studios, that's the, that, <laughs> he made a joke, too, man, about, about that situation with Tupac, man. That's crazy. I won't mention that, but, you know, uh, at Quad Studios, you got to buzz up. You got to mm -hmm. have somebody already up there and they send somebody like if you get on the elevator and try to push the button, it won't even move. I never really seen nothing too much like that. But, you know, um, so I called. It was just so that's how God put stuff together. I called my engineer up there. Shout out Raul deals with a boogie, Meek Mill, all kind of these artists he mixes for. Called him. I said, man, I got Ghostface down here. He's trying to get up. I think he might be on the same floor as us. On the 14th floor, I think it was. He was like, oh, yeah, no problem. I'm going to send my people down. So they came down. And Ghost was real appreciative of that. He was like, oh, man, like, yeah, we, we you know, we got to lay music. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm on the elevator with Ghost. Man, I try to call my guy from you from A&T because he loved Wu-Tang. I'm trying to call him and put it on, uh, like, FaceTime or speaker. And I can say Ghost with me so he can, like, that reaction. I wanted Ghost yeah. to hear it because we from down south. They from Staten, New York. Man, he didn't answer the phone or the phone was breaking up. 
So we got up there in the studio, man. Ghost, he was in the like down the hall where we were at. It's a like you just have to see the studio to understand it. But it's like just one. It's nice, man. Long hall and different studios. He was in the other one, but he would come out in the hall. Just so happened, turns out my man, one of my guys from I think he's from Queens, New York, uh, Mr. Dawson, Mr. Dawson up there in New York. He knew cats like 50 Cent and uh, Murder, Inc., all of them. He came up with them. And basically, he knew Ghost. Like, Ghost was his man. He wasn't at the studio. But I called him. I said, I didn't even know he knew Ghost. I was like, man, we up here. I, I never met the guy, Mr. Dawson. I said, you're going to come up here while I'm in New York. Um, Ghostface killing the other room. Like, Ghost? Oh, that's my man. I'm like, oh, man. Well, come on. So I brought him up. He started telling us stories, man. Long story short, he goes in the studio. I said, would it be okay if I get the team some pictures? With Ghostface, he's like, man, just go in there and ask him. I'm like, oh no, man, I can't walk in the man's session. You know, yeah. he, they got big money. You can you do it? He like, all right. He went right in there, came right out. Ghost like, yeah, what's up? Yeah, y'all want to take the pictures? Let's get it. You know, let's do it. And I, I had the flag, the SONY flag, and I started explaining to him what it represented: unity, peace, prosperity. And basically, it came up because a lot of people kind of compared this to Wu Tang. They're like, mm -hmm. man, y'all the new age, like Wu Tang. And I, he's, he kind of alluded to that. And we kind of like, man, y'all is similar. Y'all got the flag. Y'all got the representation, New York. But I said, you know, it's not like taking nothing away or nothing. But it's like I had a I'm learning from what y'all did and even expanding it more. So I said, right. hey, we got like all the boroughs, Staten, Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan in one. And then also we got like female artists and down south. I said, that's the difference. But it's all love like man we love y'all laid the blueprint we just trying to carry that flag no pun intended we had the flag and uh he took the pictures man he did a drop for us and everything man i like salute when i meet these artists like this some of them they they not like you know what we think or whatever but some of them real good dudes man and i salute ghost for that he co-signed the squad salute yeah i, I hear a lot of people that say uh, Ghostface is a down-to-earth guy man so that's, that's wow. real, a real dope experience yeah. man real dope experience that you got there crazy and, and you know I'm I'm part of the spitter cult, so you know I gotta ask you. You got a currency? <laughs> you, you got a currency story for me, man? Oh yeah, for sure. I did. I, yeah, I do know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. With currency, currency, man. I wish I'm I'm gonna send this stuff too. And then I know when we when we do everything and the people see this, I know they'll have some of this music, this fire music I'm sending to play with this, and also too maybe those pictures too. Um, with currency, man. I met him still in North Carolina when I was at UNCG, and that's a funny story too. I just got off of work. I was still on that grind, man, going to school, working, making the little scraps. I was at UPS. And basically, my mentor, he called me, said, we got the currency show tonight in uh, North in uh, Greensboro at one of the club venues. Hurry up. You know, I got on, like, shorts and a tank. Like, I'm, I'm not yeah. dressed for the occasion at all. He said, come on, you don't got time to go change. Just come to the stage. I mean, come to the venue. And I'm, you know, you're going to get in, man. If you don't come, you gonna, you won't get in. You won't get on stage. And I was like, man, it's my first time. I practically ran from UPS, man, back to the downtown Greensboro. Um, and, man, you know, came there, man. They had the tour buses outside. It was Currency and Styles P's tour. It was like, it's crazy that it, what wow. it was, because I, I don't smoke anything, but it was like the 420 tour or something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, the yeah. spitter, they, and they both, that's a crazy combination, man. That was a great, now that I think, and they was all kind of doing like weed songs. Like that's what mm -hmm. the whole theme was, Currency and Styles. And you know, Styles had the good times. I get high. That's one of my favorite artists too. And I, I was at his juice bar in Yonkers when we had went up there on um, the end of last year, Styles P. Yeah. But uh, I, I, man, it's just a blessing, Chris. But man, but did that Currency, man, Currency told me some of the realest, 
advice that was in 2012 the summer 2012 when I, I've met currency or either early 20 no it was 2012 summer 12 in North Carolina my mentor got me to meet him it was a line after the club I'm on stage I'm seeing you like get the footage get the pictures I'm taking back then it was just a little cheap phone man I got blurry pictures but I got them and yeah. um he said after the show I'm gonna let you meet currency and you know currency I don't know if he still is or not but he was real big on the Jordans the shoes yeah, man the, yeah, the threes the fours yeah. he used to sign the back then man and they was doing the jet life man I still got my yeah. I gotta get my shirt man I still it's probably in North Carolina back in Shelby at my mom's spot my um my uh jet life shirts man they gave us some merchandise I never took them out the right. pack to this That's day, up, hey. I, I got to bring that, man. I man, I wish I had one to send to you, brother. But yeah. man, currency, man, he 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 took me to the tour bus, and it was a line. Of, it was like black kids, white kids, sign my Jordans, sign this, you know, do this. I said, um, he he said he put me kind of in front of the line, and he said, um, it, uh, currency, this is my my young artist right here, young promoter from North Carolina. You got any advice for him? He just want to speak to you, and he was like, "What's up, man?" He was so down to earth. I was like, you know, Currency, it's a pleasure to meet you. You know, I'm a fan, this and that. He said, bro, he said some of the realest stuff. He said, I'm I'm just a regular person that did an extraordinary thing. Yeah. Like he put it that way. He said, I'm, I'm not no different than nobody else. I just did, I just worked extra. I, I did an extraordinary work and it blew my mind. Like I never just met nobody, of course, like that. He talked to me for like 30 minutes, Chris. He was going through everybody else, like two minutes, two minutes. Mm. He's, he talked to me for like 30, man, and that we had a good conversation. I mean, he just told me about the game, how he started with like no fans and it blew itself up and independent route and, you know, putting all that work from Louisiana to the world. So Jet Life, man, that see stuff like that. I wasn't really big on his music after like Young Money and things. But yeah. when I when he did that show, I got on his music. And around that time, he had just dropped the song. He made a song with um two chains, I think it was called Capital at the yeah. at the time. Yeah. Keep it capital D O E. They I, I got on cat uh um currency hard, man, after that, because he was such a good dude, man. And yeah, Jet Life for sure. They they turned it up for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why I'm a big fan, you know, following the uh, currency. Cause like you said, man, um I kind of watched him brand itself really like you said he branded itself after after no limit and cash money he branded itself and he, he was successful at it you know what i'm saying you know he he, he liked to say he got a coat a currency coat because a lot of people don't yep. associate with him but like you said, he branded himself man that's why i really love him he, he dope and that he just i just seen that that work i didn't see the the, the background hard work but he, I, mm-hmm. seen the, I seen the grind that he did to where he is now and, and it's, it's a real big thing man um tell me what's sure. next Tell me what's next for you, man. Since you, you got all the boroughs on lock now, what's what's next for your uh, your business? Man, just honestly, I mean, salute. And this is one of the one of my idols again that I never met, but I'm I'm in, I'm working with this art, his artist that we just did. We just did a show last Thursday, a digital event, and salute Swiss and Timberland for the versus experiences and everything. So I I wanted to again, you know, like we said, our foundation is helping people and elevating talent. Again, I wanted to make that same platform for aspiring talent, you see, for like local guys that don't get that big platform and let's do a versus for them. Because, you know, I love our major artists and I tap into every versus, but what about the, you know, the aspiring cats? They don't really have, you see, so I made that at the radio station and they booked me to do like the next three coming up, man. The next one will be April 29th, 2021. Shout out all the artists and then in May as well. But the the point is, man, um, that it's a, what I what's next for 8 a.m. exposure. 
one person I'm really, really aiming to work at and I'm building the, the relationship now is with Mr. Damon Dash. Um, mm. Man, just highly respected to me. One of the greats, man, ever. Like, I mean, he's responsible for two billionaires right now, right. at least facilitated the careers, you know, Jay and Kanye. Um, Damon Dash, he's out in L.A. now. A lot of people don't know about Dame. They go by the media, what they see, all oh, this, he don't got this, or he fell, all this and that, blah, blah, whatever. Like, Dame the man is it. doing great. Dame <laughs> yeah, got Dame it. Got Dame, <laughs> somebody, I read a comment under Dame's post. Somebody said something like, man, I wish I was as broke as Dame was. I'd be balling or something like that. Because <laughs> people try broke. to say nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> not, not nearly. So, you know, I'm working. I had this artist. He deals with these two vocalists. Um, one of them is, uh, she's originally from South Carolina, but moved to LA and met with Dame, man. And she actually works with him heavily. And he got like a network, Dame Dash Television. It's popping in Charlotte yeah. and uh, mm -hmm. Charleston, 24 hours. I subscribe, DTV. It's big. It's like Netflix. He got, man, hundreds of shows on there. But uh, the point is, man, it's artists. He got two female vocalists and like uh, they both play guitar. They sing. One of them raps and sings. Uh, Miss Neek, shout out Miss Nicolette, Miss Neeks. I got to hit her up later, man. But she basically, man, she's just telling me a lot of stuff like working with Dame and just getting things rolling. They working with actually, you know, kind of on the low, but um, it's on the high too, but with Lupe Fiasco right now. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be huge. I don't know yeah, how you feel about yeah. Lupe. I'm but, a big uh, Lupe fan. <laughs> you're big. I'm glad yeah. to hear it. people yeah. don't know about, people think he, you know, whatever. But man, Lupe is the truth. And yeah. like, you know, it's a lot of stuff people it kind of like the mass public don't really want to push or, you know, and that's what Dane that is real. on. Mm -hmm. That real, man, that truth. Mm -hmm. And they, yeah. now, you know, that that power combo, Dame and Lupe, man, it's going to be out of the world. Dame got these resources, man. He got a lot of stuff on lock. So that's that's what the next moves for 8 a.m. exposure and then coming to North Carolina, actually coming up in May. Um, S-O-N-Y with 8 a.m. exposure. We're doing a, a media run down there one of the weekends in May. Uh, in Charlotte, Greensboro, hitting the radio stations, uh, shooting a video, doing an actual a mall release for their, their second mixtape coming out in May, actually in the Greensboro Mall, the Four Seasons Mall up there in Just Casual. So yeah, man, just making power moves, connecting. Um, COVID didn't stop anything, kind of made more prosperity during the COVID because all these A&Rs and execs is sitting at home right now. So it's easy right. to catch them, you know? Right. So, and that's really how I got into A&R too, but that's another story. Yes, sir. Now, let's speak on Let's talk about how you got into A&R. <laughs> well, about... well, yeah. Okay, well, you know, like really A&R, man, you can't, you can't just get into it. You really got to be certified. You got to be classified. You got to be, basically, you got to deliver an act. You got to deliver something successful. Um, success to many people. It may be money. Um, it may be position. It may be happiness or joy. Um, for me, it's whatever the client, whatever he aims to get. If you want to, you know, but mostly all of my clients, and I work with major artists as well, but my main clients that I built from ground up to where they're at now, um, basically they most of them want to be remain independent. Um, they're not really too focused on like a major label deal. They kind of want to do partnerships and collaborations. But um, so that, you know, basically with a and r and um, what that is, is artists and repertoire and what that the, the, the like the, the description of an A&R. Is he's basically well? It, it used to be. It kind of changed now. Guys kind of getting lazy, man. It's a lot of people out there too, man. Um, you know, won't say no names, but a lot of people <laughs> false claiming. Uh, you know, you you're not really an A and R. You're not really active. You may have been an A and R. You did stuff, but what are you doing in the past five, ten years? What acts have you brought? 
what are you currently doing other than just using the, the major label's name to say, right. I work for this, but you're not bringing no active talent. You're not currently got acts going. And that's that's what we do. You know, we bring, and it ain't like no death row and that come to 8 a.m. exposure if you don't want them, you know, <laughs> dancing in the, like, nah, it ain't about that. It's just about results, man. And like all the clients I deal with, Louisiana, um, Atlanta, New York, you know, Dallas, Texas, Houston, Texas, Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, L.A., Las Vegas, Orange County in, in California, Hollywood, California. Every client I deal with, they'll tell you about my reputation and like, hey, LT, he really dropped the game. You know, he always talked God first and he put me in positions that really elevated me. Furthermore, you know, he gave me the knowledge, the business behind it, because you like I told my clients yesterday in a, in a team meet, I said knowledge is not really power. Knowledge, applied knowledge is power. You know, if you got the knowledge and it's just sitting there, what is it? Just, you know, kinetic energy is just not nothing. You're like, you know, you got to convert that into action. So that applied knowledge and that I show them, I teach them the, the intelligence behind the grind. Like you said, with the CDs, Hey, dang, you, you got known for that. Shank, you got known LT yeah. for selling CDs. How did you, what? So I, I, I looked at the formula behind it. Like how was I successful? Cause I was, I was less, less, like I did more than the competition. I sold it for less than the competition. I out hustled the competition and I knew my product. I knew my target market. I knew the resources and I just put it together. So that's the same thing within the industry. And that's how I really started A&Ring and people trusted me because you it's all about your reputation with a and right. If, if yeah. you, you know, you got a whack act or something ain't moving like, dang, you've been working for this for how long? And y'all ain't made no noise. So we active, brother. Like I said, yeah. no, I'm in Little Rock. We coming to North Carolina in May, coming to New York in September. And then in 2022, man, still working with Dame Dash and them out in L.A., Miss Neeks, digital events coming up. We just active, man. God bless. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Um, I, had something I, you. I had something I was going to ask you that was going to be. Oh, you know, with uh, the new age uh, artists and with streaming, do you think it's easier to discover artists and is it more beneficial to an independent artist that's trying to get dis discovered that since we're in a streaming era now, everything can be uh, found on your phone? You think it's a, is it easier to discover talent that way now? Mm, it's kind of like a double-edged sword because because it is, you know, um, it's so easily accessible. It's kind of like oversaturation right. you're dealing with, exactly. too. So therefore, it kind of like cloud. It, it kind of like, you know, like, dang, it's so many artists. See, I got a good, you know, like I said, I grew up listening to music and loving music. So I kind of got a good gauge of like, OK, this is true talent versus like a one hit or just a, a phase or fad or trend, whatever, you know. So like it, it kind of it makes it like a bit. Let, let me I'm glad you asked that question, too, because I was going to say something about this. But you brought you said that about is it easier now with the digital age. So in 2018, um, SONY 8 a.m. exposure, it didn't start. It didn't like I didn't start doing like the like I say we global, not local. I didn't start doing the reaching out unity to these different cities and state things. When the COVID hit, everybody stuck with doing the digital. I started that in 2016 when I started 8 a.m. exposure, when I moved out to Arkansas. Arkansas because and let me tell you Chris they laughed at me brother they said it ain't you got to meet people in person it's never gonna work over the phone or, or remotely you can't do that that's not how the industry works so I'm I always been about proving people wrong proving the, the odds wrong proving the enemy wrong man the doubter wrong and in 2016 my first client was from Louisiana I've to this day yeah I, ha I have been I've been to um the New Orleans the um Saints Stadium uh the other year but um, I, I had yet to been to Louisiana when I had a client from Louisiana at the time in 2016. 
So that showed me I can do it. That showed me I confirmed myself. We handle business. I elevated this brother to a mini tour at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. I ain't even never met the guy. Then mm. got him booked in L.A. In L.A. And I flew to L.A. That's my first time in 2017 going to L.A. because of my Louisiana client. So that gave me the confidence and like, oh, now I'm about to blow him out the water. So 2018, when I formulated SONY, I met all of these guys, Chris, through social media. That's what I'm saying. I never met them. Staten, Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx, and Manhattan. All five of these guys, I never met them a day. I just heard their music online. I seen videos. I seen that they were hungry. I hit them up in the DM, got the contact. The rest was history. So to this day, they got label interest. They got deals and things on the table. They do paid shows, things like that, all from not even meeting them, just meeting them online. So it was kind of a double edge in these times because now with COVID, 2020, everybody on the digital. Right. The meetings, exactly. all of this stuff that, you know, it's, it's like, but it's cool because I was already prepared. So that's a, a funny, funny thing you asked me. But my, my company, like basis and the mission has always been that remote communication because I looked at it like this. You don't got to buy a bus ticket. I don't got to get a hotel room. I don't got to get Ubers everywhere. I could do it straight from my home, man, and flourish with it. And that's right. what we've been blessed to do, Chris. So definitely digital for sure. Right. So, so let me ask you this. How you feel about the majors? Now, because I heard you say that you uh you spot real talent. How you feel about the majors that are basically taking these kids, like you said, that, that maybe went viral on Instagram or they have a certain amount of followers? How do you feel about the majors really not going after talent anymore and just going after what's popular? Um, and it's okay. Like two answers again: uh, the business side and the, the political side and the politics. Um. It's, it's a good thing. It's the business. It's, it's all a business. It has to make money, a return on the investment. So I get it. I understand. And that's the age. And that's the time. That's the kind of country we live in, a cap capitalism, you know, right. capitalist country where you got to make something. It's, it's going to be a loser. It's going to be a winner. You know, um, that, that's not my personal preference and not my personal beliefs and not how I operate. And I, I think not even I think I know for a fact that's why my company is flourishing in a different way without the, it's like showing people, I don't, I'm not holding up the money phone or 15 chains on, but I'm showing you could be successful without stunting the money or stunting the cars and all of that. Don't get it wrong. My wife needs stuff, bags, cars, and she right. get that. But, <laughs> but, but the main purpose, and she even knows this and she rock with this. It's not about the money. It's not about the clout. It's not about the trend under that. That's some business stuff. That's why I say these fake, I ain't even gonna say, that's why I say these A&Rs <laughs> out here, they living off of that. Like, oh man, I got something that's the, the white kid with the green and blonde hair that rap trap lyrics, he ain't never lived. I got that for you, here you go, just to get that signing bonus. See, I yeah. know how it worked, that 30,000 yeah. up front, you wash your hands or you get tied in with it and you think that's it because you're not really from the culture. You don't really know this thing called hip hop. You see what's on TV and commercialize and steal it and rape it and all of that, excuse me, but that's what it is. And it, it's like that. So I don't, I don't necessarily, um, rock with that, the business uh, structure. And that's how I have a lot of, man, it's a lot of industry guys that are up, up, that clash with me, brother. Like they they clash because cats don't have a soul, man. I mean, not to say it that way, but it's like guys don't have morals. Uh, it's like, okay, it's all about money and it's business. And that's separate from Yahweh, from God. It's not separate with me. That's, right. that's I'm a, I'm a, I'm a God servant first. You know what I'm saying? Foundation. I can't build... Let me drop this jewel. You cannot build your business. You, let me let me say it this way. You can't build 
God on top of your business. Your business will get crushed. It can't hold Yahweh. It can't hold God. But you can build your business on top of him, you see, as the foundation. You can build that off of him, but you can't do it the opposite way. And that's what I see a lot of people doing, putting the business before everything. The way I get down, Chris, and everybody out there is God first, family second, business third, forever. Yeah, man. I feel you on that. I definitely feel you on that, man. I see every morning that you post, I'm a trillionaire. Not a millionaire, not a billionaire. I'm a trillionaire. Why is that, brother? Because the world has never seen, at least to, to, to current times or these times in this currency form, and it's not even about currency, but still, the world has never seen a trillionaire. The world doesn't currently have any American or any trillionaires in this planet. And right. God showed me one day that, hey, you're, you're you're something beyond and everybody, you, Chris, y'all 167, everybody listening, you're a trillionaire. If you get up and do what you do every day in the face of adversity and you don't stop as you haven't, we doing this interview now. So nobody stop. You a trillionaire, brother. You get up every day. Your spirit is priceless. Let me ask you a question. Cause you asking me questions. Let me flip one around <laughs> on you, Chris. How much money would it take to lock you in to a position for the rest of your life? How much money can somebody give you to say you gotta do this job till you die? How much? I, I'm not a I'm I'm not a money guy. Like people, I, I say being rich is a mindset. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm not I'm not a I'm not a money guy. No amount of money can lock me into anything. I feel like when you throwing money at somebody, it's like a, a form of slavery. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's how that's how I feel about it. That's how I feel about it. And that's what that's why I say trillionaire mindset, trillionaire spirit. Your spirit is priceless. You should never, in my opinion, you should never say, okay, this amount is cool for, for you to lock me in forever. Nobody, I don't care what label or who it is, can come to me and say, I'm gonna give you this amount to lock you in and you gotta do this position like until you die. Nobody can tell me that. I would I I decline it, I will renegotiate. We could do it for this amount of time, you see, and that that brings me to that. Why I say trillionaire? Because I am a trillionaire, you're a trillionaire, and it's not about money. The money will come in the word. It says, "Seek ye first the kingdom and its righteousness, and all things shall be added." So whatever we need, whatever we want, whatever we have to get to that next level, it's gonna be supplied. But like you said, the money thing. Um, people rock a different way. It is a business. I went to school for business. Um, but I understand. I understand that sometimes, like, really all the time, good relationships are more valuable than money, yes, you see? Exactly. So therefore, you see, it's no amount of money that, like, you couldn't pay me. I, it's nothing, like, oh, the bit, the money is cool, but who are you as an individual? You know, I, I rather, sometimes, even with me, you know, my business is a service. You know, people afford my business, and they, they high-end clients down to the guy that's just making it by. I work with all budgets, 8amexposure.com. It's a business as well. But I understand sometimes this person may have heart. He may bring, he or she may bring something to the table where, you know, it's an interesting story real quick to that. You know, and um, my one of a prominent DJ, got to shout him out, Mr. DJ Countryfy down in South Carolina and Atlanta. Man, he, he's uh, been on Atlantic Records. He had Billboard songs. Um, man, one of the OGs in the game, you know, veteran. He, 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 you know, I was going to do business with him. He was at a tour. Um, I think it was like a funk fest tour back in 2018. And um, basically my mentor ran into him in Charlotte or South Carolina. He was backstage with like CeeLo Green and then with Goody Mob and them and all of them and um, gave him the contact and he put me in contact with him. I was going to do business because I know what time it is. You know, you dealing in this industry is going to cost the price. Nobody's yeah. saying like, man, I'm just going to work with you because I like you. 
It, nobody saying that, Chris. Right. Not not a soul. <laughs> I I right. you know I'm probably I might I I do stuff like that, but cats have never done that to me. But it's one individual who said, "LT man, it's something about you. I can't put my finger on it, but you different. You different, man. I I was gonna gonna hit you with the fee and the charge, but something telling me it come out. Come to find out, years later, man, we connected on a spiritual level. He he, Yahweh life, God life too. I didn't know at first, but he said, "Man, I look back on it." And you had a pen and pad when I first you recalled to me everything I said on our first conversation because you wrote it down. He said that showed me that you were different and I, I didn't charge you. And to this day, the brother's been instrumental in his ear for music. Man, his DJ and he's booked out at these clubs, putting the singles on for my artists, doing everything, man. Like, you know, just on a friendship level, on a real business level. He said the money wasn't worth. If I, he said, I knew you would have done good business and the money would have helped. I got bills and things. But now that I got to know you as a person and, and it didn't go the money route, it's more valuable because you're doing right. bigger things. You can't I can't be in Little Rock and South Carolina at the same time or L.A. and New York at the same exact time. But if we both are there, we put each other on and he, he's even higher up than myself. So that was an honor, Chris, man. And that's one one case where the money was foregone. But the the man, the value is priceless. That's a trillionaire for real. That situation. So, yes, sir. That's, that's what's up, man. I, I see you in the, uh, the Bitcoin, the crypto space, man. How long you been been doing that? Uh, crypto, not not really as long. I wish I would have got on it earlier. I, yeah. I didn't really understand it too much. Again, like with stocks and everything, it was this older. Uh, let's see, he's an older gentle, a German gentleman. Man, that I met back in UNCG, it was one of my um, my mentor uh, people I worked for on campus, her husband, an older Caucasian gentleman, man. And he taught me, well, he, he was kind of saying it to me then back in 2015, um, like about stocks and, and the currencies and things. And I didn't really get it. I said, you know, I took it, but I was like, OK. But then I think it was like, yeah, 2018, beginning of 2018, um, I really started getting heavy into like stocks. I started, I called him, I hit him up email and he broke it down. And I was like, it made sense. Cause I wanted to make more again, that hustler's mindset. How can yeah. I make more this time, you know, legally. <laughs> and then the stock market, like the big boys do Warren Buffett, all these guys, Nas, Jay, the investment brother. And mm-hmm. I did it. And I was, I was start getting good. Now people come to me, like, can I get advice? And the crypto is up right now. I think it's at like $60,000 for one yeah. Bitcoin. You yeah. see, so making that money for sure, man. I, I've been in it for just a couple of years and Bitcoin for like a year or, or less, man, just a few months, but moving smartly in it for sure. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Like you said, man, I, I kind of got the same wave when it came to Bitcoin. I mean, people were pushing it, but I was like, I see it, <laughs> but I, I wasn't really going for it. But now I'm all into it because we, we're moving in the space where cryptocurrency is going to be very, very valuable. Very valuable. Yeah. You got the the NFTs going on where people are just taking like digital products and selling them, making money. So it's like in the future, it's it's, it's going to be all about investment because the value of a, the dollar is decreasing fast, <laughs> fast, man. Fast. What? Uh, let me ask you a question. What do you think Bitcoin, the price of it, will get to? What do you think it'll be worth? I, I don't know. Overall. I don't. I don't know. I don't know, Maurice. Because right now, I feel like. The U.S. I mean, every, every other country that I like, Japan and uh, China and all those, they 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 use Bitcoin. Like they use it to purchase stuff. You can use it now. So it's kind of like we we behind on the curve when it comes to Bitcoin. And I feel like the U.S. They're gonna try to find a way to tax it. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna try to find some way to regulate it. They're gonna Dang, try to find yeah. some way to regulate it. But I, I think you can't. I think it can't be regulated. That that's why 
they haven't did it yet. So I don't know, but I feel like it is it may get up there. It may get up there. That's why I'm trying to invest early because I feel like it, it got a it got a good hindsight because um it's it's a lot of more com- coins coming out behind Bitcoin, mm-hmm. but Bitcoin has already established their foundation, like you once said. So anything that comes after them is just going to try to duplicate them and be better. So it's going to be kind of hard for those uh, other coins to, you know, top Bitcoin. But, yeah. you know, crypt- crypto, it, it's a it's a weird space, man. I'm, I'm trying to get somebody that's on the show that's really into that crypto space, man, <laughs> to kind of educate the people because I really want people to know about this crypto thing, man. It, it's, it's a real solid investment. It's a real solid investment, man. <laughs> Man, you know, even just the one one final thing too, like even in um even in like with that crypto and with all of this stuff, a lot of people even in the industry, man, they don't know. Like, I mean, like millionaires that I deal with and people that can invest and make a lot of money, they don't know. And some of them really don't like they don't want to invest. They kind of some not really, but it's kind of like they don't trust it. Or, like you said, they don't right. understand where it may go or really nobody educating. But I see. But now on the flip side of that. I see a lot of guys too that are learning in the industry and like, yo, wait a minute. I don't yeah. got to just rely on this industry stuff. I could take some of that money, put it into this. Like they deal with Forex too, that foreign exchange mm-hmm. and, and cash deal. And they teaching that and learning that and making some good money off uh, crypto and that. So it, yeah. it's it's both edges of the coin, man. And I'm I'm in there. I'm ready with that too. Yeah, I was listening to an interview with Jim Jones. He said, um, mm, Yes, he, sir, Jimmy. He, he created his own coin. Like he said, people in the industry is learning. He created his own coins. Like, go ahead and create his own coin. I think you're gonna have it set up to where you can like uh purchase shoes and stuff with his coin and stuff, like buy different things with his uh, coin. So that was real big, man. I saw seeing he did it. Uh he sold his first NFT, which mm. was a, a picture of his casket, and it sold for four thousand. So whoever else what? gets yeah, <laughs> a picture of his casket sold for four thousand. So whoever else get that picture after that, he's gonna get commission off of that every time it gets sold so i thought that was real dope man like you said a lot of people in the industry are getting <laughs> to that crypto space man but uh before we let you get up out of here man any any words of advice that you would give to a young black male that may be trying to pursue a rap career or just a young black male period out there that's trying to get on their grind and trying to be an entrepreneur man shoot i you know i give it to them and i give it to the to the white male the asian male man the, the catholic the jew whoever want to get the jew you know right, whatever right. whoever can listen to this and it, this is what i got to say though for sure it man just just get a goal man have have your the goal and it's cliche but i literally with the team speaking from north carolina to new york even to la with you know males and females man the women too models female artists too basically i told them i said Write the goal down. Know what the goal is first. You know, what's the goal that we're trying to hit? And then from there, you can make the steps. You can make the steps. And then from there, you can project what the result is supposed to be. And I'm going to drop this jewel, man. Like, I salute Dame Dash. He always say, like, a lot of people in this industry, they don't want to pass the plug. They don't want to, like, give up the advice and information. Dame is one of the few men that do that a lot. If you look at his interviews and and just see what he's about. He don't got to do that. He's living good. He don't got to keep on getting on interviews, dropping games. And, they, like, you don't see a lot of these artists doing that every day, every week. You just don't see it. But they got it. And not saying really because, again, it's a business, too. But just the way I'm cut and the way I operate coming from nothing, coming from Shelby like that, hey, if I got mine, I can help this brother. God, what God mm-hmm. got for me and for you, can't nobody take that. Ain't nobody exactly. taking Lounge 167. You could tell them, like, even with us. And then, you know, the people, people don't know, but we had conversations behind the scenes 
some advice setting things up with the show some advice this way like nah brothers do that do this man go push your stuff i don't care what they think or how you thinking about it whatever you want to do got the goal got the steps and know the result when you got that chris like you could do anything and then just one final thing in depth with that the main thing and it's the jewel that i dropped that you have to raise your value that's the number one thing man that's the thing that like people don't think about but if you got value people are gonna pay for you and that don't gotta be money it could be their time it could be their resources i'm on here right now giving up my time right now because you got value to me brother y'all got value the show got an impact i've been seeing it i've been seeing the moves it's no problem y'all putting the work in so you know things like that so if you if you build your value artists out there athletes out there uh, whatever business school students law students doctor whatever you're doing if you build value when you on the school side while you in college and around network with people don't just get people that look like you as well and that was the advantage kind of i feel that i had going to uncg i met asians i met white people i met indian people to this day i got these guys that man that middle eastern guys man they own a store out at the mall man ever since i met them in 2014 and uh, again, they let me do anything in the world, like uh, video releases, mixtape releases, DJ events. Um, I had T.I.'s artists, man. He drove, they came from Atlanta. T.I. paid for it, uh, for him to come up. Shout out Young Boot, man. He was with Hustle Gang and um, Young Dro, Trader Truth, all of those guys, man, back with Hustle Gang. But they came up to North Carolina, to Greensboro, to the mall in that spot. Because of these guys, man, I connected with another culture. They're actually Muslim brothers. Again, mm. I'm, you know, I'm, I rock with Yahweh, Yeshua, Christian brother. If you want right. to classify it that, that's another topic. I don't really think <laughs> they should classify it as a Christian. Yeah. Um, I follow the teachings of Yeshua, you know, but, um, and Jesus, Yeshua Christ. But, you know, they're Muslim brothers, man, and we connect like that. That's what I'm saying. See, people got so many barriers and walls, but yeah. it's just all created to stop you from elevating. You think, yeah. like, oh, I just got to get with my black brother. It's some white guys. And then just let's be real. In this world we live in especially in this entertainment and then even in sports now, look at the owners, look at the, the skyboxes, look at the people that's pushing the buttons. You know, we, we fighting and things to get in there, people like us of color. But if you could build a relationship with some good cats in that position, everybody not racist. Everybody okay. don't hate blacks and, and all that. Cats rock with us too. Like they, we like all race. Uh, every, I done met some, I got a guy out in LA, Hollywood, man, Mr. Jay Wasinski, Caucasian guy, man, from Europe, man, from, I forget, I think England, I think he's originally from, or I forget what, what country out there, but man, he opened up, he put me on the International Entertainment Summit, connected me with BET, MTV, you know, a universal music group to this day. You see that's what I'm fair. saying? That's a white guy, man, he'll help anybody in the world if you're coming, right? But if yeah. you're coming, that's what I want to say. I'm glad we said this. I got to say this because people don't really say this. And excuse whatever, but like if you come in like a nigga, man, if you come in smelling like smoke, you come in drunk, you come in high, you come in with your pants hanging down, they're not going to take you serious, period. Like, that's just period with even blacks, even myself, me, LT. You come to me like that, trying to work with me, it's bad for my brand, dog. Right. Like, I don't, right. if it was a white kid looking and smelling like that, I don't want to work with him. I turned them down. I've, I've done that. Asian, black, white, whatever. So my advice to anybody. Don't get in the box of like, oh, we've got to fight the black power, help my brothers. Because <laughs> nine times out of 10, the people over that stuff only care about themselves anyway and about money, capitalists. So it's not about like one thing with me. It's about who can I work with 
that got similar interests and got my best interests. One, one <laughs> like a uh, 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 definition I want to give, man, the definition of a devil. I learned this, shout out DJ Countryfied DeMalo. He said, a devil is anybody who devalues human life. A devil, mm. devalue, devil. He mm. said, we all have the possibility to be a devil. If I undercut Chris to go behind his back or downgrade his show or steal money, I'm being a devil. That's anybody. It's not one race, one culture, anybody. I've gotten done bad by a lot of people, black, white. I can name names, but I won't. You see, <laughs> right in Charlotte, right in Shelby, right in, in Little Rock, I've gotten done by some blacks some whites, some all kind of Jew, Jewish people, whoever. But it's the ones that are like-minded and understand, like, I'm not a devil. I don't want to devalue you. I want to elevate you. Like Dame say, I want to pass the plug to you. I got mine. Let me help help the next man up. Black, white, whatever. The artist that he's working with, they're multi-race and then a, a, a Caucasian female we're dealing with, Miss Meek. She's the, the shout-out number one artist that he's rocking with. Um, and they're doing a lot of big stuff, man. So it's just about expanding, not getting stuck in a box. Um, salute the HBCUs and all of that. But, of course, network with your brothers outside of mm. that. Link and make deals. Do partnerships. You don't got to sell your soul or sell yourself. I got S-O-N-Y. I own all masters. I own all publishing. I own all rights to every company. You know That's what I'm saying? Man. But I still do business with, you know, United Masters and the people that make this shirt, um, Hanes or Fruit of the Loom. I still do business with those companies because, you know, it's, it's just not a utopia. It's not a like a bubble. Like, right. you know, like the NBA, we can't afford <laughs> to like just not do business with nobody because we don't, some of us don't even know how to make stuff or create things like that, man. And that's why we need to get together and, you know, the final thing I will say on it, like the violence, man, the gang violence, the black on black, man, I like that's so sadistic and sick to me, Chris, because these brothers got so much potential. Speaking mm -hmm, of the yeah. music game, man, and the politics and the, you know, the white man and this man and that, we killing each other out here, man. Salute RP Pop Smoke, man. He was somebody that we were about to start dealing with on a business level. And I didn't get the link with his people or anything, but he was a connection that, some of my people dealt with, they actually went to school with them from Queens, New York, and in Brooklyn, they went to school with them and things, and they had connections, and right when we were gonna make that move, got the news that week, you know, his brother was taken away out in LA by another black kid, you know, and yeah. Mo3, you know, black on black, you know, Nipsey Hussle, it, where, does, where does it stop? Tupac, Biggie, who, who knows, you know, right. but it's like, why, so we gotta understand, we're more powerful than what we think, you know, Yeshua, that's, that's hey, man, like the, the skin tone, the, the race, who we are, man, Black, Hebrew, Israelite. We come from, from, from that, man, back in Egypt and before and through the promised land into, you know, into Israel and all of this stuff. You know, Black people that look like us and people that have our like interests, but it's other tribes. You know, it's right. other people. It's other people out here that some of them are not evil. So that's one thing I want to say. We got to realize our true power. Stop hating. I mean, there's no room for negativity. If everybody, I always say, if everybody was like positive and focused on them, you couldn't hate on nobody. You wouldn't even shoot. It would be no more like murder because you focused on 167, 8 a.m. exposure. I can't look in that lane unless we're doing business and then we, we collaborate. And why do I got to hate? Oh, uh, man, I don't rock with 167. Them the ops over there, man, they competing. I got a show online. They got a show. I'm going to see them. I'm going to bust at them. Why? Right. <laughs> Can't right. we eat together? It's enough right. money. Like yeah. we said, crypto worth 60000 a coin, brother. Yeah. 60000 yeah. is unregulated. Get yeah. your money. 
Stop I'm hating. Just, you know, period. Chris, that's yeah. You get me turned up. Nah, blessings. Uh, man, I appreciate you for coming through, man. Uh, you know, this is definitely a great episode, man. Um, like I said, been like you said, we've talked behind the scenes about this from get get going, and I appreciate all the advice, appreciate appreciate all the support, man. And you know, until next time, this is Lounge One Six Seven. Tell a friend, tell a friend. Like we like to say here, man, support the culture, build the culture, empower the culture. Until next time, we out. Out.